Well, I think it's official. I can't make it through an Easter without crying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, you know, I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done. And, you know, um, I'm not even, I'm not even, it's not even sadness. It's not like I'm crying uh, because of the cross. You know, I mean, that's pretty moving and that's pretty uh, enticing to cry over something like that. But, you know, I just, I've been really reflective, uh, especially the last few days, and just, just reflecting on what the Lord has done for me you know, what the cross means to me. And that's really what uh, today is about. You know, today is about a time where we, we should, can and should, reflect on just what Jesus did for us. Because what he did for us wasn't just dying for us. Now, that's a wonderful thing. I'm so thankful that Jesus died for us. But you know that Jesus didn't stay in the grave. I said Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He didn't stay dead. Glory to God. But there was something even more important that happened and that, that Jesus uh, rose above he rose up out of the grave. He came up out of death. And he took his blood to the Father. And he... And he hmm. He presented it to the Father so that, so that we could be in that presence. So that we would have access to him. See, there's so many people that don't understand what it is that what, what it really means to be a Christian. I think a lot of Christians today don't even understand that. Of course, we're going to understand it more and more because, you know, the things the Lord has been dealing with me on, um, we're, we're just, we're going more in that direction and we're going to get full of that stuff as the year unfolds, as the, you know, the months unfold and then the year unfolds and all that stuff. Praise the Lord. But I am excited for it, you know, and, and I'm really excited to get into today's message today. Um, today's message, it's really interesting. You know, we are, uh, of course, we're doing communion. It was on my heart to do communion. And uh, so we're going to be doing communion today um, as part of the service. You know, communion is a ritual. Uh, th it's a thing that we do. And we'll be talking about that, why and the reason why. You know, I grew up in churches. We did communion once a month. Anyone else grow up in a church like that? Some people, you know, some churches, I think, do it weekly or whatever. But we did it at our church once a month. And it was like a, a certain Sunday every month that we did communion you know and and but it was funny because I grew up and I never had any I just knew it was the time that we got a little snack during church you know that's the way that I looked at it I got a little juice and we got a little uh, got a little bread sometimes if you were like me I'd, I'd sneak two pieces as the tray the tray went by us you know uh, we don't even do the bread around here I think we do the wafers right we got the wafers glory to God and and we don't do wine around here we don't want anybody getting too tipsy you know the uh, or anything like that as well but you, you know we uh, you, you know we we do this thing for a reason and, and it's important for us to know what the reason is you know uh, all the rituals the different things that we do baptisms and stuff like that it's important for us to understand but I can't come to Easter without thinking about communion because really communion is all about what Easter represents and you know we I, I say Easter still I know it's it's resurrection Sunday some Christians get really offended if you say Easter I don't really care I mean I, I think that you know you know what I'm talking about I'm not talking about you know I said this last night and I'm not talking about the first thing I think about when I think of Easter is not Easter bunnies and in, 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 uh, chocolate peanut butter eggs, although they are the second thing that I think about, <laughs> and specifically Reese's peanut butter eggs. Uh, praise the Lord. One year I said that, and Jennifer brought me a whole bag of them, like, dear Jesus, don't do that, because, uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I, I have to, because I know, I know there's probably some later, right? There's some hiding somewhere, and I, and, and I have to, I, I'm, I'm really uh, thinking about how I have to use uh, restraint uh, later on. But, uh, okay, healthy Reese's egg recipe. Okay, oh, <laughs> all right. 
Apparently, there's a healthy Reese's egg. But, but we, we are talking about, today's message is called Communion of the Cross. Amen. And I think that, uh, that that will make more sense to you as we get into this. But, you know, there's, there's so much that's in my heart. I was, as I was approaching this, you know, my wife and I and Ezra, we, you know, last week we were able to get away for, um, for a few days. And it was really nice. Uh, and, and we really sensed that we had needed it. And it was one of those trips where, you know, it was just we did, literally did uh, really nothing. We just went and kind of soaked up the sun and enjoyed ourselves that way. But uh, in doing that, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of, like, spiritual preparation throughout the week. I wasn't, you know, uh, getting deep into things or whatever. And, you know, I finished my series last week that I had been doing, so I didn't know exactly what I was going to preach this week. And, you know, as I started getting into it, as I started studying, okay, Lord, I got to put together a message here for, for the weekend, you know, th- there's things that started coming out. And, and, and I just love this. And this is, this is the way that it is if you'll stay full of God, if you'll make a practice of being full with the Lord, you know, like day in and make it a daily exercise of being before for the Lord is that in times when you don't, there's still a reservoir of things and it doesn't take you much to tap into that. And all of a sudden, by the time I got done, man, I had another series I could have preached. Praise the Lord. Uh, of course, I'm not going to go into a series specifically about this because I think there's some, there's another series I'm going to get into maybe next week. Uh, and we'll see how that goes too, but praise the Lord for it. We, we, we broke the, the series thing, you know, I got through uh, 12 weeks of it. So that lets me know that I can do that now. And so uh, we, 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 can, uh, we can certainly do that. But these things are all about building us up and helping us. But let's understand this, this, the, this idea, these things today. And I wanted to start, um, I didn't originally, wasn't originally going to start here, but I, this was really on my heart this morning to start here. So why don't you turn with me to Matthew 12, 46. You know, and I really want to help you, uh, I, I really want you to see something, because this is really important. Uh, uh, these are the words of Jesus here. Of course, this is all the word of Jesus, you know that. Amen. Uh, but we do, uh, we, we do, uh, praise the Lord, we do get excited for the red letters, right? <clears throat> Although I don't think mine are red. Are mine red? Mine aren't even red. Well, you must have that expensive kind of Bible. I got the, the cheap kind that only use one kind of ink. <laughs> That's a joke, amen. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew 12, 46. Praise God. And it says here, uh, we'll read through verse 50. It says here, while he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Someone said to him, behold, your, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. Hallelujah. You know, and this is just such a wonderful example of what this, you know, what, what Jesus did, what he brought us to, was he brought us to this place of having true family. Now, you know, we, we, we all have families. We all have natural families we, that we come from. And those d- different families are, are, you know, we, we all know that we have, uh, we, let's just face it, we all, families are probably all jacked up. Right? I mean, in some way or for, some form or another, everybody's family's messed up somewhere. Somebody, you know, does something weird or goofy or whatever. But God has given us this perfect thing 
called the local church. And this perfect thing called the local church is made up of a bunch of imperfect people. But you know what that is? That's your family. Glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean you have to reject. Jesus wasn't saying my mom doesn't matter to me. He wasn't saying that my, my brothers don't matter to me. But he was bringing out a point for us to take even further. Is Even though we have those natural things, and, and blood is important. I'm not taking a, a, that away from, uh, from anybody. But we have to understand that God has given us something that is much greater because, you know, not everybody in your natural family is going to necessarily be in heaven. Not everybody in your natural, uh, natural family is going to spend eternity there because there's many people in the world that are going to reject that. But the ones sitting next to you, probably most of them will be. We're hoping anyways, right? We have, we have hope for you. Glory to God that you can make it. And so it's a wonderful thing for us to understand is that no matter what happens in those places, no matter what happens in life to us, that we always have this place that we can come together, that we can come to where there's family. And you know, I, I just, I think about that so much. Uh, I think about my natural family often, but I don't think about them near as much as I think about my spiritual family. And the reason that is, is because there's a connection there that, that, that I, now my natural family could have that, all of my natural family, but you know how it goes. There's just different, uh, different aspects. And again, I'm not saying uh, don't love your natural family, but God has brought us together for a greater thing, for a greater purpose, to be a greater body. And, and this, this is a body that is amazing because it doesn't matter what our backgrounds are. It doesn't matter what, where we come from or what we've seen or, you know, the different trials that we've been through or the different, you know, uh, all, all kinds of things that can, can plague, uh, can seem to plague natural families. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I hope you are too. And so that's why, you know, coming together, uh, coming together, you know, uh, uh, thinking about communion, coming together is really about that, you know. And again, I'm going to get into communion more in, in just a little bit and to, and to talk about it specifically, what it is and what it's about, why we do these things that we do. But, you know, communion is about so much more than just, uh, you, you know, having some bread and juice or bread and wine or whatever it is or wafers and juice. Uh, it, it, it's about um, it's about uh, it's about the body of Christ, but it's about His body. Amen. Now there is a truth that, that that I believe, and I've often preached it from this standpoint that 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 the you, you know the communion is about the body of Christ, meaning that we are the body of Christ, and that He has set that up for us to think about the body, each other, and and there there is a very uh, strong truth to that. Uh, we can't think about the body of Christ without thinking about each other. But uh, really, it, it's, it's, so, it's more than that even. It's about his body and what he did and the purpose behind what he did. You know, and I find this, uh, and this is one of the reasons I have a lot of scriptures that are in my heart, and I don't know all the places I'm going to go to today specifically. I have some, there might be extras I go to. Because, you know, it was, as I think about things, you know, and it's good for us to take time to, to, to think about, you know, things. And when I say think about things, I don't mean think about all the stuff we have to think about all the time that's easy for us to get worried about, but to think about, like, you know, what, what God is doing, what God has done, what God is doing, and why he's done those things, why he's done things in a certain way. 
you know, and why he's provided the things that he's provided, why he, you know, to consider all of these things. Why does he require us to do certain things? Why is there a requirement? Actually, I believe the, the, the series that I'm going to get into, um, I, I'm going to say this in faith, glory to God, it might change. I'm just going to throw that out there too. I always give myself a way out just in case I need a way out. You know, you know how it goes around here. But, uh, uh, you, you, you know, the, the series that God is, is really, I believe, put on my heart to pray preaches about sin, hell, and redemption. And in the, in, in the reason is, is because I, what I've started to realize is that people don't really understand what all of this is about. But two, the same thing when we come to the cross, when we come to Easter, when we talk about salvation, when we talk about these things, you know, we, we have salvation calls at the end of services. Many services will do it. And, you know, and a lot of times I've found myself struggling, especially in recent times, struggling through the salvation call. And you think, well, Pastor, you've been doing that like pretty much every service since you've started almost 10 years now. We're working on the 10th year, right? We just, we're about to have our nine-year anniversary, and so we'll be into the 10th year of, of, of having church in this place. And, and nearly, uh, probably a majority of those weeks, I've given some kind of salvation call. But what does that even mean? Like, a lot of times we have people pray this prayer, and then we just leave it there. And so that's what a lot of people see as salvation, but there's more to it than that. And really what Easter is, what, what the Resurrection Sunday is all about, is a, is a, it's a, all the things that God was doing coming together, praise the Lord, all at once to show us what his plan was. He was revealing his plan from the beginning of time. And so we need to understand this as we come into this. You know, I, I woke up this morning quite early, uh, not as early as I have, I have sometimes, but it was still early for me. I woke up early, the house was still dark, and everybody was asleep. So you know, even the dog was still asleep. So not for long, but she was still asleep. And so you know it's pretty early. And, and I got up and I came out, and as I was walking out to the living room, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why, why blood? Why, why did blood matter so much? Why did it have to be blood? Why do you require blood? You know, that's what I was asking because I've, I've thought about this many times and people, you know, uh, uh, people in the world, they don't understand blood. Why, why, had there, why did there have to be a shedding of blood? You know, and, and, and these, these things, you know, they, 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 sometimes, you know, we, we, we talk about them so often. We talk about salvation. We talk about his blood washing our sins away, but we don't really understand what all of that is about. And really, all of that is wrapped up in communion. And so when we take communion, when we partake of communion, we should understand it. We should understand what this isn't just a ritual that churches do, that religious people do, just because it's what we do every week. But that's what it's become for most people. That when they partake of the elements, that it's just about, okay, this is what they say we have to do now, so I got to do it, I guess. And so I just, you know, do the things that go through the motions, and, but don't really understand what it means. If you would, uh, pull up... Uh, Oh, geez, how, uh, where is it? Leviticus. Uh, let's see. Uh, Le Leviticus. I know I was in there, but I lost it. Leviticus 17, I think. Praise God. Uh, praise the Lord. Le pull up a Levit Leviticus 17:11. If you don't know where it's the third book of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Praise the Lord. So when I was, when, as I was, you know, I was walking out to my living room, I said to the Lord, I was like, Lord, why the blood? 
And this is what I heard in my spirit. I heard this very clearly. Now, I got to remind you, I didn't know why the blood. I, I hadn't settled that in my heart. So I wasn't getting an answer from my own, my own, my own thinking because my own thinking didn't know it. Amen? And as I, came, as I came out there, I said, Lord, why the blood? He said, because blood is life and sin is death. That's what I heard. And then we see this going all the way back to the Old Testament. Of course, this is, you know, the, the, the law, the Levitical law. We're seeing this. And this is, this is what God said about this. This is just a snippet. I'm not going to teach a whole sermon on just this. But we see this in the Old Testament. So you hear about Old Testament sacrifice. Why was there Old Testament sacrifice? And here it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. See, I didn't know. I, I, I wasn't thinking about this scripture when I said it. But the blood is life. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood uh, by reason of life that makes atonement. And so there's one of those good religious words, atonement. You know, we don't, uh, we, we, we don't necessarily understand what atonement is, uh, at least on the surface. We hear the word, we think, okay, we think of it as some, so it makes us better, it makes us right before God. But we're going to get back to that word atonement because then the Lord uh, instantly led me to, uh, after this scripture, he led me to Hebrews. Go ahead and turn with me to Hebrews and pull it up, 10. And I think it's, well, it's not, no, it's not 1024. Uh, it's 10, verse 4. <clears throat> so, so instantly after I get this scripture, the Lord leads me to Hebrews 10, verse 4. And we're, we'll read a couple of verses here. We'll read through... Uh, um, Let's see here. See, I wasn't even planning on preaching on these, and that's why, that's why it's, it's, it's different right now. Um, but it says here uh, in, in verse 4, we'll start at verse 4. Uh, it, 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 just have a couple. I don't know if you just, we're going to go to the next few verses, so for the sake of pulling them up here. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And so we understand that the, the, the bulls and the goats, you know, you know, the different animals that were sacrificed, they, 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 they were sacrificed. And God said back there in Leviticus, what did he say? He said, the, the, I have given it to you on the altar, which is where the things were sacrificed, to make atonement for your souls. But, but it says there in Hebrews, when we're getting the fullness of, of what had happened, you know, Hebrews is after Jesus had, had died for us, and, and, and there, he's, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews is explaining it to the people, that it's impossible for the, that blood to take away sins. So we understood this, that, 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 the, that the blood wasn't, it wasn't able to take away our sins. Uh, therefore, when... Uh, uh, Let's see. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he has come into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you have not desired. Speaking of God, he hasn't desired that. But a body, yeah, that's what I wanted to see. But a body you have prepared for me. That's Jesus speaking. Jesus said this. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired. Speaking to the Father. 
So it's like, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of all these things because so, it's so hard sometimes to describe to people. Why sacrifice? Why was God requiring sacrifice? Was he just mad and he's a bloodthirsty God? See, that's the way people see him. But I know that's not my God. I know that he's not just bloodthirsty. He, he couldn't be bloodthirsty if he wanted to save us. But why was the requirement that Jesus would have to shed his blood? And so uh, he says here, uh, but a body you have prepared for me. In, in whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. See, what, what he was telling us he, in the Old Testament is he gave it for atoning. In other words, what the, what the blood, what atonement means, if you look up that word in the original language, what atonement literally means, it means to cover over. And so what happened was, you see, we humans had entered into sin. And by entering into sin, we, we had separated ourselves from God. It wasn't that God didn't want us. It's that we separated ourselves from him. And so what God did was he said, because, and we understand according to, to Romans, uh, Romans 6, somewhere in Romans 6, praise the Lord, I can't remember what it is now. It says the wages of sin is death. Meaning that it causes death. See, see, people don't understand. It's not that God, it's that God doesn't hate sin because it just makes him mad. He hates sin because it causes death in this precious, beautiful body that he created. Yeah. Amen? And so God gave the, the, the blood of the, 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 the sacrificed animals as an atonement, as a way of covering over the sins until the perfect sacrifice came. Amen? Amen. Then I said, behold, I have come... Uh, uh, in the scroll of the book is it written of me to do your will, O God. And of course, those again are the words of Jesus. And his will was to come to do the will of the Father. And his will was not that he would just cover over the sin, but that he would take the sin away, that he'd wash him away. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so that brings us to this, this point of what we call... Easter, of course, it's the Jewish Passover, which is when Jesus was 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 was, was tried and went to the cross. Was just before then, uh, you know, and what we uh, we call it, commonly call Good Friday, which is the Friday preceding. You know, Jesus went to the cross and he was and he was crucified on the cross and his blood was shed. And then, uh, and this is an interesting thing, and we might get into this some in uh, uh, in, in talking about uh, uh, sin, hell, and redemption. Uh, but uh, you know, Jesus didn't—he uh, didn't go right into heaven that day. You understand that he he went into the what, what was called the uh, Abraham's bosom, um, or, or or sometimes referred to as paradise. And so he went to this place, which was uh, which was in the earth, and, and and he went there until he was resurrected. And there were some things that he did there, and that's that's you know for another time as well. But then on the third day, glory to God, on that 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 Sunday, the Passover, that well, if we call it, I don't know if it was Sunday then, but it was the Passover. It's what we typically celebrate as Easter. It was the pa the it was it was the day of resurrection and the day that he came back, Amen. The day that he took, uh, you know, and he went to, and took that that the blood to the Father. Of course, he came back and appeared to people and stuff like that. But uh, I, I want you to see in 1 Corinthians 6, 20-something, and then we'll go, I'll have you turning to some scriptures. And this is something for us to understand in, in connection to all this. Why do we celebrate and do these things? What does this all mean? And 1 Corinthians 6, 20 gives us a, a, a really good look into our future 
It gives us a really good look into our lives. For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, <clears throat> when it says to glorify God in our body, it doesn't mean to, you know, to go to the gym and work it out. You, you, you know, that, that could be a, a form of glorification, but that's not what it's talking about here. You know, it, it's not talking about, you know, getting, getting ready for, uh, to put on your, 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 uh, your swimwear for the summer, you know, and getting everything. It's not tanning and stuff like that, although, although that stuff might be great. Uh, uh, that's not what glorifying God in your body is all about. Glorified uh, is not what you, uh, it's not what you put on it. Uh, it's not working it out, but it's what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And see, this is, uh, when, when, when we come together for this time of year, the reflection, uh, when, when we think about Easter, this is what Easter is all about. This is what this, 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 this religion that we, or this, this day that we celebrate is all about. And this is what communion, this is why I can't see communion uh, separately really from Easter. Because what's happening is, is, is we have to, it's a time for us to reflect on the body and what are we doing in this body? You know, my wife had mentioned uh, 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 Aaron's uh, mom uh, and, and uh, had mentioned, you know, how she had passed and stuff. But she, she was somebody who truly, I, I, I can say this uh, from all the understanding that I have of her. I didn't know her well. She had been in church a few times, but truly, truly glorified God in her body. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, you should read her obituary. It's, it's outstanding. It just stirs you to want to do more. You know, and there's so much in life. There's so many things that cause distraction. So many things that are pulling at us. So many things that are calling for our attention that God deserves because of what he did. He deserves us to take time to realize that we've been bought with a price. See, being a Christian doesn't mean that you just signed up for something. You, know, you put your name on the door. and Okay, you got your place in heaven and, and there you go. No, being a Christian is much more than that. Being a Christian is about glorifying God in what we do here. It's about thinking about our life, not in terms of, uh, of, of just, you know, uh, what we got to do every single day and all these things that we have to make, you know, all that stuff. There's, there's things we have to take care of, and I understand that. There's chores that need to be taken care of. But in all of that, glorifying God in our bodies should be the, 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 the number one thing at the top of our list. And this is why... There's such a disconnect in the body of Christ, I believe, today. Because it is, especially in this country, there's so many people. It has become, we have become so prosperous. It's so easy to have what you want. It's so easy. That we, we went to a, uh, I wish my sister Erin was here today. She's with family and stuff, and that's good. Uh, but uh, I just wish she was here because she, she'd shout out about this for sure. But we went to a, a revolving sushi place on our way home. <laughs> A conveyor belt sushi place. Now, if I could think of a better thing, the only thing that would be better is to have me at the end of the conveyor belt with an open mouth and just letting it pour right, just pop right in my mouth. Praise the Lord. Conveyor belt sushi. What this is, if you don't understand, is this, it is just this, you sit at this table and there's a conveyor belt that's right next to the table and they send these trays by you one at a time. They just keep coming. They're like in, in succession. They keep going. It's just like an assembly line, right? And it's all different kinds of sushi. And if you want one, if you like the one that comes by you, you just flip a little lid and you grab the little plate and you eat the sushi. And then you take that, that the, and this is where they get you, you take that plate and you got to drop it in a slot. And when you drop it in a slot, what it does is, is it, 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 it yeah, there's a little, is there a sound? No. 
It makes it sound like <laughs> kerplunk. Yeah. But you'd be surprised how quickly $4.50 for a small plate, each plate adds up. But you get excited as you're watching it go by. You're getting excited, you know, and it's just so easy. And they have these little robots, literally robots, and I ain't kidding you. All of a sudden, you hear music playing loud, and you're like, what is this? This is different music. This isn't music coming over speakers. This is coming through the aisle. And there's this little robot driving down the aisle, and it comes up to your table because, you, you know, you told, the, you, you, you told the machine what you wanted to drink, and the, the, the waitress sat you down, but a robot brought you your drink. And then when you wanted another one, and everybody, there was like several of these things just going around, going up to tables. And see, it's all made easy in this country. Everything is so easy for us to get. Like, it's so easy to eat that way. You know how much easy it was to overeat and you know how easy it is to overspend? Of course, they know that. And that's, that's part of the whole gimmick, you know? Because every time you put a plate, every time you put five plates in, you get a little ding or a little, a little cartoon comes up on your screen. And then every 15 plates, they, 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 they send you a little prize. There's all these sirens and buzzes and whatever. And then all of a sudden, there's this machine. It looks like a gumball machine up above you and it drops down a really cheap thing but you get excited because you just got a prize for getting 15 plates not even realizing how much those 15 plates were costing you <laughs> amen the point that I say to all this is because this is our lives right this is our, like, like there's nothing hard there's nothing unattainable for us in this country there's nothing we can't easily access and actually we get annoyed if we don't have all the things that we want we, we took a flight and we took a, a cheaper flight because we were able to get a good deal on a cheaper flight you know and one of the things about this airline that we took it was the first time we took it is they know it's no frills right it's just basic it's like get you from one place to the next that's why it's cheap and so we took it because we were like, hey, it enabled us to go somewhere. But we went on and it was no frills. And I was annoyed by it. But, you, you know, and I'm looking around and I'm like, this is, you know, I always get annoyed on an airplane anyways, but I'm like, these aren't the same people I normally sit around. The thought came to me. Because it's, it's cheap. Everybody's looking for, you know, the, the cheapest deal and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying it was a different mindset. And, you know, the Lord, the, the Lord spoke to me uh, in, that, in a moment somewhere in one of the airports and said, uh, I heard in my spirit, uh, 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 associate with the humble. And then not that, not, not that people that are paying less for a ticket are humble, but it was a lesson that he was teaching me. You know, that sometimes what we glorify are the things that we, that we need to live on you understand, are things that we necessarily need. And so much of this life has been built around that. What can we get? What can we obtain? That we don't realize the very importance of why we're here, what God has done, and why he has made us his body. He hasn't made us his body just to be uh, somebody who can go get a good deal on, a, on an airplane flight or, or go to places. You know, we were talking about this. It's, it's so easy today. My wife was showing me. She's like, if you get on this one website and you just punch in a destination and you punch in a time and it'll just give you all the options to be able to do that. You know, just a few years ago, it was a lot harder to be able to travel somewhere. Just a few years ago. And now you can, what was it? Yeah, there was round trip flights you can find for $40 to go somewhere. You know, just like that. And it's like all of this, you know, we can go, 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 go. And everything is made for convenience and so we can do it faster. But you know what's been interesting is the quality of life hasn't been going up. No. People's happiness levels haven't been going. And that's what I mean by the quality of life. 
And what it is is because people, have, uh, they've disconnected from who they are. Now, as Christians, we can utilize these things, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong if you're going on a vacation and you find a good deal, or if you know, you're excited about sushi and you want to come to you on a belt. That's fine. God doesn't <laughs> mind all that stuff. But you see, what I'm saying is that we can get so focused on all this other stuff that we miss what God really wants to do. And what God really wants to do, he's not going to, he doesn't want to send angels to do it. You understand that? He'll send angels to assist us because that's how good he is. But angels aren't meant to do your work. I said angels aren't meant to do your work. You're meant to do your work and I'm meant to do my work and we're meant to do our works together and glorify God in the midst of doing it. And this is what it means to be the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, praise the Lord. And so uh, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to spend a lot of time in 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Now you do know that, that this aspect of doing the service isn't the normal part of the service. So if it takes a few extra minutes... Right? We, we, you have to allow for that. Uh, because, you know, this isn't normal. So this isn't every week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Preachers got to preach, right? I mean, that's just what we do. I'll be honest with you, though. I'm surprised this much has gotten out. So I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord. Hallelujah. And not really surprised because of God. I'm surprised because of me. But 1 Corinthians 15 Verses 1 through 4, it says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and which you, which you also stand. You know, here, here, here's a lot, here, there's a lot just in these, these few verses. The gospel which I, I preached, which you received, but also which you stand. You know, it's the truth of God what we, is what we stand on. It's not the, the politics of the nation. It's not the finances of the nation. It's not the, the, the direction of the economy. It's not, the, you know, it's not the ups and downs. It's not the rising gas prices. Those things aren't the things we stand on. It's not our jobs. It's not our uh, Social Security income. It's not our retirement. None of these things. What we stand on is the gospel, which, which was preached. Amen? And it's also by which we were saved. If... We hold fast the word which was preached to us, unless we believed in vain. <clears throat> for I delivered to you as, a, for, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And so we, we understand that, that, he, that Jesus came to the cross. What, this is, what, what is happening here is that Jesus came to the cross not for his purpose, but for ours. Yeah. He came to the cross to pay for something that we couldn't pay for. To cover some or to take away something that we couldn't rid ourselves of. Yeah. He came to the cross because we were full of sin. He came to cross because we had the baggage. He came to cross because we, because we were the ones that did wrong and we got ourselves in a heap of mess and we couldn't get out of it. You say, well, wait a minute, I wasn't there. But you're here and you still do. And we all still do. There's still times where we, where we enter into sin and we understand that sin is, is a part. Now, the world doesn't understand it because what the world wants to do is justify sin. 
well, we're going to justify this. This is what we're going to let this go, and we're going to let this go, because after all, it's 2023, right? We're in 2023 now. In 2023, you know, we're much more advanced than they were back then. And so, so those things that they saw, that was archaic. That stuff was old. So, so sin doesn't apply, but sin is still sin. And the same sin that Jesus died for hasn't just dissipated. Hasn't just disappeared. In fact, in, in a lot of ways, the sin that Jesus died for, to rid us of, to, to loose us from. See, the Bible says that, that the blood of Jesus set us free. And to understand what it means that the blood of Jesus set us free doesn't mean that like um, oh, you, you, you got free from uh, all, all these different things that people think about. No, it doesn't mean that you're free to go do whatever you want to do. What it means is that it freed us from the bondage of sin. See, sin bound us. And kept us from the, pre the presence of God. Yeah. It kept us out of his presence. It separated us from God. And God is the destination. I preached this last night. And not this, but something similar. Uh, or not similar message, but what I'm saying right now. Last night. And if you get a chance, I highly encourage you to go listen to it. Listen, it's free online. We don't even charge for the, you know, it's not like you have to go pay for the subscription. You just get online and go, it's free, amen? And if you're like, well, I have to pay for the internet, go to the library, they have free internet, right? You can find it somewhere, borrow somebody's phone, but just go listen to it because it'll bless you. But, the, you know, the destination was God. It always was about him. And that's what Jesus was so preciously doing when he came. His, his focus, his idea was on the cross. His heart was on the cross that I have to get to that point. See, all the things he did in life were wonderful, but all of that pointed to one thing, and that was the cross. And the cross was the redemption that we were looking for. The cross was the setting free that we needed. The cross was the, not, the, not the covering of our sins. God said, I I'm not going to just cover your sins no more. In fact, I'm not going to let them be covered. I'm going to take them away from you. And that's what Jesus was doing. And that's why we do this. This is why we come together as a local body because we, 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 we need to be stirred and encouraged and, and, and built together as God's body so we can go do what God has called us to do. And what God has called us to do is not all the stuff out there that we do. Unless the stuff out there we're doing is the work of the ministry. Now, he, he'll call us to do it in things that we have to do. Surely there's things. Again, don't miss, uh, you know, mix up what I'm saying and miss the point of, uh, of what I'm trying to get to. But uh, I'm pleading with you here this morning because I need, I, I need you to understand there is something that is so much greater than what we are. And that is God's plan. What God wants to do in each one of us. Instead, we find ourselves so often being American, right? We have our opinions, and we have our fights, and we have the, our likes and our dislikes. And, and by God, if we don't like something, we're going to say something about it. We're going to tell everybody about what we don't like. We're going to get on, uh, on, on uh, you know, uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever we get on, and we're going to complain about it. We're going to, uh, you know, create videos of why everybody else is wrong, and we're going to fight this and fight that. And instead of, you know, we get all wrapped up in the world stuff, Instead of being focused on what God wants us to do. Amen? There's a greater calling, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> this is the, when we understand that we were separated from... You know, I, I, I can't think of the life that Jesus lived and, and provided for us without thinking about John 10.10. 10. And we know John 10.10 10 says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. 
And so often, you know, I thought about that abundant life and what that means. It means does it mean, uh, you know, I'm 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 living on uh, I'm I'm living in a a dirt floor house now. Maybe I get a, a floor, I get a carpet. You know, I remember that when we bought our our our, our house, the the house that Alyssa lives in now. Boy, when we bought that house, it was a wreck. It was a wreck. It was a terrible wreck. Not as bad as Mark's, but it was a wreck. And um, no, it's true. He knows. He's uh, he ain't making fun of him. Praise the Lord. He, he's, he's learning trial by fire is that, you know. <clears throat> but it was a wreck. And I remember, I remember going through this house and just, I remember how bad the floors were. And they just always felt dirty and just to me. And I, I just remember going in there and I couldn't wait for that time when, when, when uh, you know, the floors would get uh, uh, clean, new floors and we got, finally got carpet and put it in there. You still got carpet in there? Yeah, praise the Lord. Same carpet? Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. It's lasted this long. Yeah, that's good. Glory to God. Pray. I don't know how I got on that. What was I talking about? Somebody remind me. Oh, abundant life. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, you, you know, that was abundance to us to get some discount carpet and, and, and be able to put it down, you know, and I learned how to carpet in that house. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but I did, you know, I was like, I, I, I learned, you know, how to cut carpet and different things because that's what we had. And I thought, man, abundant life would really be carpet. I remember there was a day I thought that. And then, I, and then when we got carpet, I remember when I, I thought, man, abundant life would really be when somebody else does the carpet, right? And so that was a good thing. And the, the living room carpet, I didn't do that. Somebody else did that. And so we had a professional do that. So that was, that was abundant life, you know. And then I remember when abundant life meant, I don't got to fix everything every day anymore. And, and, and you know, because you live, there's a house built in the 1800s. And so, you know, when the house built in the 1800s, there's always stuff to do. And I, I remember thinking about, I remember when abundant life meant that we didn't, that, that we would be able to, to, to go out to eat. That we didn't eat, have to eat mac and cheese. I remember thinking all this all this time because that scripture would be played over and over and over to me. You know, uh, my pastor would talk about it, other people would talk about it, and, and of course I would hold on to it because that was exciting to me. God wants to provide ab- abundant life, and, and this whole time my my you know my idea is just getting carpet, not even good carpet. You know, my my abundant life wasn't good carpet. My abundant life was getting carpet. I didn't care what kind of carpet, just need carpet. Yeah. Amen. And of course, you know, and, and so you build up. But then there was a time where I realized that abundant life is about the presence of God. Because it's in the, it's, it's in the presence of God, the Bible says, is the fullness of joy. It, and to get into his presence, it's a place you have to desire to be. You have to want to be there. And a want to be there is not just once in a while flippantly saying, oh, I'd like to be in your presence, God. I'd like to sign up for that. Or, you know, the, the service stirred me today. So, you see, it's one thing. I can stir you, and I try to stir people. That's part of my job. I'm a preacher, and preachers are going to preach. And when you preach, the part of that is to stir people, to get people excited and moved. And that's why you, you see these things. Of course, I can't just put these things on. God puts them in me, so it's his design as well. But, you know, you're not meant to live off of my preaching. Jesus said that I, 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 man shall not live off bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. This is just to get you started. Right. This, is, this is the conveyor belt coming by you. You've got to decide what you're going to pick off. Yeah. You've got to decide what you're going to take. And what you take, see, you can get full in the good stuff, and it don't cost you anything except for you. Wow. It costs, it, it'll cost you you. I mean, it, so I guess it costs you everything. <laughs> Amen. But you've been bought at a price. See, Jesus paid a way 
to make it, make it so you could get in there, but, it, but, but, but we have to glorify God as we do so. Turn with me to Acts 17. Praise God. Sin separated us from God. Blood, in the time of the Old Testament, covered us. <clears throat> but in the time of the New Testament, it takes it away. Yeah. It gives us life, abundant life, life with God. But look at this in Acts 17, verses 24 through 28. It says, the God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their uh, appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him. See, you have been placed at the right time, the perfect time, for the perfect purpose, yeah. and God has put it within you to desire him. He's, in fact, he so planned things. You understand that you, your parents decide when you were going to be born, but the you that is you, God decided what that was going to be. Yeah. You do know that, right? Your parents brought, you know, they, they did the physical act to bring you in. And if you don't understand that, talk to somebody else. But, uh, you know, they, they did the thing at the time when they did the thing to bring you into the world. But your spirit, the one to who you really are, God decided who that was going to be. The thing that makes you, you, you know, have you ever, parents, have you ever looked at your kid and think, how did I get that kid? You know, maybe good or bad, it doesn't matter. See, God decided that. You didn't decide that. You might try real hard. You're like, we're going to try for a real good one here. And God, well, maybe not, right? Or you might not have been trying at all. You might have just been asking, man, we really hit the jackpot, right? That's happened too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but God decided those things. But do you understand that God designed you specifically to be where you at when you were there? Because he's the one that determined when you would be there. Amen. But it wasn't just, he didn't, I, I think this is so important for us to understand. i got to figure out where I am in my scripture here. Um, that he would, uh, that, that he determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grope for and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For, so in other words, he's put you in the perfect place to find him for you. For in him... We live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are, all, are also, we also are his children. See, the thing is, is life is only in God. And this is what so many people don't understand. They don't understand this, you know, this thing about uh, abundant life. They don't say eternal life. They don't understand these things. They don't understand about the blood and why it matters because life is only found in God. Without God, separation from God, there is only death. There is only hell. There is nothing good without God. That's why people that don't want God can't have heaven because heaven is only good with only God. And that's why hell is bad. Not because God hates people, but if you don't want good, which is God, 
then you, the only alternative is the opposite of good, which is not God. You say, well, people might say, well, I don't want that. Yeah, but if you don't want God, there isn't other choices. And that's why, we all, that's why we talk about things like heaven and hell and present these things. And, and it's not a bad thing for us to, under, uh, you, you know, to, to understand those things. It's, not, it's good for us to, because a Christian should move. I love the fact that Aaron's mother could move into heaven joyfully. In fact, I don't know whether it was a vision. I'm going to share this just because it's in my heart. I don't know if it was a vision or what it was, but we were, we were sitting there and just the day that she passed, we, and I knew, knew, had known she had passed, but the day she had passed, I was reading a book and, and, I, and I, 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 I felt like I got, like uh, this book stirred me and I got in the spirit and all of a sudden I saw Aaron's mom and I saw her sitting, she was like sitting, sitting down, uh, not able to move. And I saw her rise to meet Jesus fully restored and full of joy. And I got to share that with her several days later. I, I shared that with our sister because I, I felt that it was important to. I didn't want to exalt that. But, but see, that is, the, that is the exact thing of what God does. He resurrects the dead. And so when they, and I encouraged her along those lines, you know, I was like, sister, whenever the, you know, your feelings of grief come on you, just remember, she's, she's risen to be with Christ. She's been resurrected in the fullness of joy. Glory to God. Amen. And see that, those kinds of things, I preach about those kinds of things and share those stories because that excites me. That excites me to know because I knew her, I, I, or I knew of her. I knew, uh, I could tell her, love. she'd come up to me uh, at Aaron's father's funeral and she's like, you know, I prayed for that man for years. And she was so excited that she could sit there and say that he went to heaven because we had that testimony the day, I'll never forget the day that we baptized him. Of course, I talked about that recently as well. But you know, I share these things for us to remember. We have to be stirred in the right things and have our focus on the right things. If we're just focused on on the earth, then sure it's sad when, when, when we lose or when we're going to go. But, but see, when you're focused on Jesus, none of those things will, will, will be able to hold you back. But in him we live and move and exist. Praise the Lord. See, life is only in God, whether we recognize it or not. I think it's so interesting that all these scientists, you know, they're trying to recreate life. They're trying, and they, you know, do you know that they can 3D print? You know what 3D printing is? Is there anybody that doesn't know what that is? I'll explain it if there isn't. 3D printing is like you know, a computer that prints things. They can 3D print body parts now. Do you know that? It's amazing. They can grow body, they, they, they can grow body parts from cells, and now they can 3D print them and stuff like that. But you know what they can't do? They can't start life because life only exists in God. And this is the thing that we have to understand. What Jesus did is he took from the moment you are born, you are dying. It's just the truth. You are decaying. You are dying. You will get to a place where you will expire. It's going to happen to every human. <clears throat> that is also purposeful. But Jesus made a way for us to live forever. He made, us, uh, made a way for us to transition into that life, even while we live here. See, the world tries to understand life through biological means, but there is a reason that scientists cannot create life. They can't create it. They can clone it sometimes. And even not that, they're not, they can't do effectively. But that doesn't mean someday that they won't. But the point that I'm trying to, to, to make is that God is the author of life. And so what Jesus' death was, what it meant, is, is his blood 
It's, it's like we got an infusion. You know, those, the, the, we often kind of say things like, you know, now we got Christ in me. What is that? That's the infusion of life being given to us. So when we think back to that scripture, in, in, what was that? I forget, 1st or 2nd Corinthians, um, 1st Corinthians 6.20. When we think back to that, that we have been bought at a price and we start to understand why it's so important for us to live for him. Because he, he paid that price so that we could. See, that's, that's the thing that moves me and even moves me to tears isn't even about, again, it's not about the sadness of death. It's not about the destruction. It's not about, you know, the pain and the suffering. I mean, all of that stuff is enough to move me. Believe me, it's enough to move you. But that's not why I do what I do. I do what I do because God has given me life. Because God took somebody who, 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 was, who was not in a position to, who didn't deserve it, who didn't do anything to earn it. He took a person like that and he looked and he said, I'm not just going to get, I'm going to give you abundant life. I'm going to give you access to the very throne room of heaven. I'm going to give you access to my presence. And he's given that to each and every person who is named under the name of Jesus. Every person who calls himself a Christian, if they've truly received what Jesus has done, has access to heaven. And brothers and sisters, that is something to rejoice about. That's something to weep over. That's something to be moved on. That's something that we need to think about more than just once a year, but we're thinking about it today. Praise the Lord. And this is what communion is all about. As we read the scriptures, we'll understand that more. But to define communion, literally a dictionary definition is, it's a Christian observance in which bread and wine are consumed as memorials of Christ's death and, it's, and, and as symbols for the realization of a spiritual union between Christ and his people. That's what that's about. When we take the bread, we think about the body that's broken. When we drink the, 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 the juice, we think about the, the blood that was spilled. And not just spilled, but the blood that, that, that washes us clean from the sins, that gives us life. It's that life-giving blood. And that's what we do when we, when we take communion. We're, 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 we're supposed to think about the price that was paid and what we owe. And what we're going to do with that. In other words, brothers and sisters, every time we do this, it's a reset for us to, to, to reignite within us that fire that God started in us however long ago. That, that, that Maybe you've been getting stale in your Christian walk, but as we do this, we take a moment to think about what Jesus paid for for us. That he gave us life, that he paid for a way for us to truly live. See, the world doesn't know anything about life. And they're not, honestly, they're not learning a lot about it through Christians because Christians don't know how to live. Christians are going one trial to the next. They've never realized that. Actually, my message, I think, on, uh, on Tuesday is called, Are You Blessed? And I had this idea of coming into church and just asking people, Are you blessed? Just to see what people would say. Well, you know, I got this problem or that problem. You know how it go. And if I was asked a question, I probably would answer it the same way. Are you blessed? Oh, you know, kind of or whatever. But see, if you say, if you can't answer with the full assurance of, yeah, you have no idea what Jesus did. You have no idea where you are in God. And you need to take these times to really focus on that. And so what I want us to do today as we come together to take communion, as we uh, partake of these things, 
reflect on your life and say, what, what am I doing to glorify God in my body? Yeah. What am I doing? To, listen, I, I, I've been more and more realization of this as I get older. You know, every year that I get older, it seems like it goes faster and faster. And you all know what I'm talking about, unless you're in your 20s and you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you're anywhere, in, you know, anywhere above that, you start to learn that. And I'm sure if you talk to some of the, 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 our older members of the congregation in here, I'm sure that you'll, you, you, they'll tell you that it even goes faster. And you know, there's a reason that I believe that that happens. I believe that that happens because it is a, it, it is a realization that there's not much time left to accomplish what we have to accomplish here. We are here for a purpose, folks. We are not just here to bounce around and maybe get something, maybe get it. Maybe, maybe find something good, maybe not. That's, not. that's not God's direction. God's direction is that we know that we live with purpose. That every day is purposeful. That, that even when we're resting, we're resting in purpose. Even when we're enjoying, enjoying ourselves and at a, at a birthday or a little later, we're going, to be, uh, we're going to be at my mom's house and we're going to be having dinner and I'm sure Reese's peanut butter eggs. Amen? God bless Reese's and their peanut butter eggs. And we'll partake and there'll be joy and stuff like that. But even in that, there's purpose. And so we understand when we live on purpose, if we, if, if we, if we, if we take this correctly, we live on purpose. That's what this is, is to reset, reignite that purpose within us. Amen? Praise the Lord. So now uh, um, we're getting closer. You're in 1 Corinthians. No, you're in Acts. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. The rest of this, I think, will be in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10. Praise Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. You know what I love about self-reflection? Is when it's in Christ, when it's done in Christ, and when it's done in Christ, it'll be done right. But let me share with you something about self-reflection. If you're self-reflecting and you're in condemnation, that is not God. That is the devil trying to get you to feel bad about yourself. But in true uh, reflection, self-reflection in Christ, this is what it'll look like. You may see something that you're not doing right, but you rejoice because you realize that, well, this is something I got to change. And because God is so good, he'll help me change it. See, that's, that's, what, that's what it is. I love that. I don't have to be perfect. And that's what the blood did for us. It gave us the life we were unable to get by ourselves. Yeah. See, you couldn't, you, you know, the law was given so we realized that we were sinners. And once we realized we were sinners, you know, a lot of people stay there. But we, we realized that Christ uh, got us out of that. that, that he, he'll, he'll bring us above that. Amen? Yeah. But this is what the Bible commands us. It says 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. It says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, you judge what I say. Is not the cup of the blessing which we bless a, sh- uh, uh, bless a sharing in the c- blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break uh, a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Amen. And so now we're starting to build on this, right? So we start seeing when we partake, and of course, th- th- this is what it's talking about. When we're, when we're tar- partaking of communion, we realize that we're one body. We've come together, and, and there is the aspect of this that we are a body together. That's why, that's why I come to church. Yeah. 
You know, I don't come to church because I want to, because a lot of times it'd be easier not to. Just be honest with you, right? I don't come to church because I want to. It'd be easier to do what I want to do. It's easier to sit on the beach. It's easier to, you know, go into the woods or do whatever. I come to church because I partake of the body. Now, of course, when we partake of this, we think about that, and we can think about how am I partaking of that. But, you know, like when we come to God, that's what we're doing is we come together. We're partaking of Christ's body. It's like we're coming together. We're like, all right, you know what it means to be the body. The body is the one that does the work, right? Your head thinks of the plan, right? Whatever you're doing, right? You want to build something. I like to build stuff. My head plans and my body does it. Sometimes I'm surprised when they're close. (laughs) They're not often close. But my body tries real hard, right? Sometimes I watch like the, you know, I watch those, I, I watch, the, see, I watch those home improvement shows different than y'all do, if you, if you watch those. I watch those always going like this. There's no way they did that in one day. There's no way. That'd take me a month by myself. There's no way. See, what happened is you watch 10 seconds of a clip, and there was a crew of people that came in super knowledgeable and let all those, those fancy actors just sit aside and drink their, their, their teas or their cachavas or whatever they're drinking. And, 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 and is that a thing, right? That's a, I, think, I think it is. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Mark says it's a thing, so it's a thing. So, they, uh, so they, they're, they're, they're drinking their whatevers, and, and, and while somebody else who doesn't look as nice, you know what it is? Because, you know, hardworking people often don't look as nice. Well, that's what they think in Hollywood anyways. That's what they think on TV. I just, listen, I've had not, I can build stuff all day long, but I have never been called to host a show. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I, I understand how this stuff works. Amen. Praise the Lord. As long as she's happy, I'm happy. That's all. I got to impress the world. But, uh, you, 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 praise the Lord. But you know, those stuff, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. Glory to God. And why I say that is because the body coming together, is, uh, that's our desires to come together and be like, what are we called to do? Right. What, why, what, this is when, when we talk about faithfulness, when we talk about giving, when we talk about any of the things that we talk about, hopefully, if the church is right, that's what the end goal is. is we talk about coming together and, and doing the work of the ministry to do the things that need to be done. That's what this is all about. That's why we come together, right? right. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you're in 1 Corinthians, go over to chapter 11. In verse 26, we, we are getting close to the end. I'm already out of time. Verse 26 to 31. says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. How many people have take, partaken of this in an unworthy manner? Do you know it's an unworthy manner? is not someone who, uh, and actually the Bible tells us if you study these out, the scriptures before and stuff, it actually explains to us what it is. When, you know, when you come to this as just a ritual, just something that you do, that's an unworthy manner. If you come to partake of the body and blood of Christ, but you're not considering what that's all about, it's an unworthy manner. To come at it flippantly and to just do it, oh, it's just something, you know, my parents did, so I do it. You know what I mean? All of that, that's unworthy. That's what being an unworthy manner. 
you know, coming because you, you, you coming because you want to, uh, you, you think uh, uh, taking of the, the, the bread and the juice, to, to do that, thinking that you're, uh, it, it, it's doing something for you to, to get you over to the other side. That's an unworthy manner, because it's not about that. This is about the body of Christ. This is about realizing what he's done and what is my connection to that. And so as we partake of these things, don't do it in an unworthy manner. The Bible says that whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. In other words, to do that in an unworthy manner, you're nailing him to the cross. Yeah. By your decision. Not by just, you know, how we've, we've all kind of nailed him to the cross by our sin. But that's purposely doing it. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing so, uh, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many of you, uh, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep, and that means are dead. See, people are weak and sick sometimes because they, do you understand this? That weakness and sickness and, and sometimes it is all about just not discerning what God's doing. Do you understand that? Yeah. See, there's so many Christians that wonder why their prayers are never answered. It's because they do nothing for God. They, they don't, they, they, they've never asked, God, is this in your plan? Never truly sought it out. They've never uh, endeavored to connect to God's plan anywhere. And see, these are reasons why people sometimes, they, they miss it. You know, sometimes people are after things from God and they never see them. The reason they never see them is because they've forgotten all about his body. Praise the Lord. It's just the truth. But if we would judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. 